0: Welcome to Clean Break, the weekly divorce podcast. We share the stories and experiences of divorce professionals. Find all the answers about the many complex questions about divorce and separation at DivorceNet.ca.
1: Hi everyone, I'm Darren Jvog, host of Clean Break, the podcast. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, We have a really exciting episode. I know there's a lot going on. Tina and I have been talking about this on an ongoing basis. Uh, People are struggling right now dealing with the COVID-19 outbreak, being at home, and uh, also with all of the other stresses that are happening in people's lives as far as uh, divorcing and separation. Uh, Lots going on for people. So today's episode, we will be talking about that. We have a fantastic episode, though, and some great information for you. So stay tuned. Tina, my, uh, my uh, co-host, is right here with me. We're both on, on the uh, virtual meeting right now through Zoom, and our guest is with us on Zoom. Tina, who do we have today?
0: Yeah, hi, Darren. Uh, welcome to our show today. Uh, we have Wendy Embleton. She is the broker of record owner of Exit Realty in Kempville, Ontario, and uh, welcome to the show, Wendy. Thank you. Um, so tell us a little bit about yourself, where where you are in life as far as your profession, what you do, and why you're on the show today. I have really enjoyed being part of the community over
2: the last three years. When I, well, five years, when I started moving my business back out to Kempville, which is a community I've always loved and mm-hmm. want to hopefully call home again soon. Um, I have three. I've got six agents working with us in the office. We deal with commercial and residential. I've got four kids, two of which have flown the coop, and two of which are, well, one of which is still at home, one coming back home for the time being under this current situation. And I'm just really enjoying the community.
0: Yeah, it's a great, it is a great community to live in and uh, call home for sure. What are some of the things that you're dealing with right now, I guess, in the real estate profession? Are you seeing huge differences uh, in the market currently?
2: I can't say the market has changed all that much. We're still in a seller's market. What we're seeing is um, a, lot of, a lot of respect that we have to put out on the table for our clients and having to put more paperwork together that we're not we have never been taught in. So we're having to really relearn our role in this industry uh-huh. and make sure that everyone is protected across the board. So when it comes to showings and listings, uh, working with buyers, whatever the case might be, we're reinventing
0: how real estate works. Huh. Right. Yeah, I've noticed some um, some clauses in there in, in these uh, offers that I've seen come across my table that are talking about in the event that this happens because of COVID and in the event that the land registry office closes and in the event, how did you kind of get all that information?
2: A lot of conversations with lawyers over the course of the last four weeks. <laughs>
0: We've been working
2: with Exit, We're we're working very collaboratively between our offices, so we're all sharing different information. So we're creating paperwork that is movable from one office to the other, which is wonderful. Um, in the meantime, we're also, I'm also dictating things based on the fact that my agents are independent contractors or our agents are independent contractors. So they're able to do as they see fit. However, we need to make sure that our office, our clients and our agents are protected. One of the things being Tina, the fact that when we have a listing on the table, we're not allowing showings unless our buyers are coming forth with pre-prequalified um, mortgages.
0: Okay. Really? Okay.
2: <laughs> and that's that's uncommon. You know, typically when you're dealing with a buyer from a buyer's agent point of view, you know, we we know where they stand financially. But from a seller, we don't ask for that information. We just qualify them based on their agent being willing to run the Show road Right, exactly. But now right. when I'm, when we're listing properties, we're dictating the fact that we want proof of financing before we will we'll allow them in the house.
1: Wow. So, so Wendy, you're saying that, that people who are selling their properties have to prove that they have what income or.
2: No, no. The people selling the are asking the buyers to show proof of financing before they walk into the house.
1: Oh wow. So okay. In the
2: past, as an agent, if we got a listing, it was a great thing because we had the opportunity to get buyer by our clients as well.
0: Right. Now,
2: our premise is, or our purpose is to protect our clients, which is the seller. So therefore, instead of having 50 people walking through a house when there's no inventory on the market, we're saying, we will allow you to walk through, but we want these this checklist done. And one of those things is, we want proof of financing beforehand. So wow. we're not getting the tire kickers through the house, we're making sure that you're qualified.
0: And when you, when you require that, what are you looking for exactly from the, from the buyer's perspective, what do they need to provide to you?
2: We're looking, that's a hard, that's a hard requirement to put on the table, depending on where they're getting their financing. Mm -hmm. But from the agent, the buyer agent, we're expecting a letter of pre-approval as well as where they're getting the approval from. So we want that agent to qualify that they've already done their research and they've talked to the lender and they know that their clients are qualified.
0: Hmm. Right. Okay.
2: Okay. Does that make any sense?
0: <laughs> oh, oh, no. I, I, I've literally just had one last week. And, um, I, you know, I don't, the way I do a pre-approval is different than the way uh, if you were to go to one of the big five banks that they would do their pre-approvals. So when my yeah. client asked me for that, I said, I can write you a letter, but it's really none of the, seller's business, where you're getting your financing, how much your financing is for, what your interest rate is, that's your business. I can write no. you a letter saying you are pre-approved, but a pre-approval yes. is only as good as a piece of paper it's written written on, because until you have a firm offer, I can't submit it to the insurer.
2: And the pre-approval so, is only based on their, their financial situation. You still, have yeah. to, you still have to approve the property. Correct. So So representing a buyer, I will not waive on financing unless I have a letter from the the lender stating the fact that the buyer and the property have been approved. Thank you. Right? (laughs) Thank you, Wendy. Thank you. But in this situation, I just want to know that the buyers that are, we're not getting tire kickers in. We don't want 50 people walking through the house. Right. In this situation right now with COVID, we want qualified buyers that know what they're looking at, and have gone through the the pictures and all the documentation that we provided ahead of time so that they know what they're walking into. Right. So, as best as we can allow at this point.
1: So Wendy, let me ask you a question. Um, based on the current environment, where do you see the liability coming from? Is it liability? Like, let's assume, say something like where someone goes in to buy a house and someone ends up getting COVID from this, right? From going and visiting a house, whether it's the owner of the property or the person who visited the property, um, is the real estate in, uh, industry is a concerned about liability and being sued? Always. Okay.
2: We're always. <laughs> okay. <Are you> not.
1: <laughs> well, yeah, no, to a degree, I, I guess.
2: Yeah. Are you not? We're all. We're all always worried. We always have to do the CYA, and right. that's that's where the paperwork and the conditions and the. So yeah, are are like homeowners
1: that. homeowners that want to show their properties do they have to sign a waiver or a disclosure of some kind saying that they're waiving any liable uh, you know any liability to the to the realtors themselves absolutely okay and, and same thing goes for the don't. buyers same thing goes for the buyers absolutely okay all right that's interesting to know. Mm-hmm.
0: Okay. Yeah. And I mean, again, you would see this as well, Wendy, but uh, coming from the appraisal perspective for um, borrowing purposes, those have changed dramatically as well. Inspections. I'm not sure what, what they're doing for inspections, but I know on the appraisal front, a lot more um, lenders are allowing. um, Modified, modified full appraisals. So a lot of extra work for the seller as well.
2: Yeah. It's, it's a different mindset right now the paperwork mm-hmm. is completely different. We, I'm allowing on uh, any purchase, we're lo- allowing 15 days for the paperwork to transpire. Whereas two months ago we would have looked at five to 10 business days. Yeah. Now it's a minimum mm-hmm. of 15 day business days for financing and conditions.
1: And, and what is that because of just because of the slowdown in the, the, you know, all the supporting industries to close the property like or, or it's like, it it's not, was, was your industry very, um, Electronically documented oriented before and and less on paper or or is it has it flipped and become completely electronic now?
2: Well, it's it's been a mix. So we've been doing electronic signatures for quite some time but right now because while our lenders are still working and and still accessible the underwriters are not accessible as many hours and the appraisers are not accessible as many hours and the inspectors or uh, the septic inspector. So we're, yeah. we're working with a completely different toolbox, if you will. At right. the moment. Yes. And that's what we have to take into consideration. So instead of putting an offer on the table, like we would have a month and a half ago, we don't want to put an amendment in asking for more time. We're just acknowledging the fact that this is taking more time now.
1: Right. Mm-hmm. So let me yeah. ask you another question. So is, is your firm or is Exit Realty doing something different than some of the other realtors or not? Or are you guys, like, are, are most of the realty companies lock and step doing the same thing together?
0: Well,
2: I can't talk about the other real estate offices because I don't know. <laughs> no. That's okay. a fair question. Fair enough.
1: Fair <laughs> enough. Well, okay. I, I
2: can say what I can say is the fact that Exit Realty as a whole in Eastern Ontario, Exit Re- Realty Eastern Ontario, is very supportive. We're sharing a lot of documentation. We're getting access to a lot of professionals that are giving us insight and options, um, and and a lot of podcasts that have been we've been accessing, and a lot of direction from head office as well, which has been phenomenal. Very supportive. Mm -hmm. Uh, the one thing is with our office in Kempville is we work as a team. So while I'm, I'm here sitting with you, I've got a crew of people from different backgrounds and different cultures and different family lives that we work together very, very well, regardless of who our clients are. And we tend to team up without being an actual team, if you will. Okay. So it really, I can't speak for any other office and I- Okay. That's that's an unfair question.
0: <laughs> well I,
1: I I don't like I mean honestly I'm, like and I'm speaking from my industry, right? Is that uh, I know the insurance companies for the longest time have done things a certain way, right? And uh, insurance tends to move like a glacier. They they work very slowly when there's when when they're changing something, right? And what I found is um, is really exceptional about this time is that they've been forced to rethink how they do business. So many, many of the insurance companies now are saying, you know, things that we've been asking them to change for years. uh, They've now come around to saying, Oh, we have to do this. And we're like, yeah, we've been saying that for probably 10 years now. Right? So I, I think this was acted as a catalyst to say, we need to rethink business. So, yeah, I guess, like, I didn't want to put you on the spot there, but I was, I was like kind of trying <laughs> to think, you know, from an industry perspective, has it made some positive changes what we're going through?
2: I think it has in the long run. It's hard to see on a daily basis or hour by hour basis right now. But uh-huh. when you sit back at the end of the day or in the morning and you, you look at the the different meetings you've got during the day on Zoom, or you think about the different technology that you've learned throughout the day or the different communication that you've had and and connections you've made I think I think we're going to see a lot of a lot of differences in the way we run our businesses in the next six months to a year
1: hopefully in a positive way
2: I I, it's only been positive so far
1: good yeah, yeah. are you seeing so, a lot of stress from your real from your uh, your agents or for from clients
2: it depends on the day yeah <laughs> It, it's a roller coaster. That's all I can say. Yeah. Right now, it's a roller coaster. There's, the, there's still a lot of positive energy going out, but at the same time, it's um, it's a roller coaster. Right. Nobody knows what is going to be said at 11 o'clock every morning. Right. So right. we're all just being, we're laying in wait to some degree, but pushing forward.
0: Yeah. And I think the industry as a whole, like, you know, I mean, obviously, I do the mortgage part of, you know, the real estate transaction. But, you know, everything is evolving, right daily, like, maybe not as much as in the first couple of weeks, but daily, you know, you're like, okay, what's changing? What's changing? And I think that the industry as a whole has done a pretty good job of um, reacting. And that's the only way you can do it at this point, because we never knew what was coming down the pipe.
2: I just wish Tina they taught us this. <laughs>
0: yeah. I wish it was of those
2: psycho psychoanalyst courses or, you know, some of yeah. those things that they've taught us back in the day and not just about how to measure meets and bounds.
0: <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Separation. <laughs> That's, true. That's true. That's true. So let me ask you another question then, because we are on a divorce uh, podcast. So um how would you address somebody who's looking at selling their home today because of a divorce or separation during this this COVID-19 crisis?
2: We still have a very low inventory, so it's uh, and the interest rates are phenomenal. So mm-hmm. this is still a great time to sell. That being said, I would deal with it the same way we deal with most of our divorce situations or complicated situations, in which way that... Um, If we have a divorcing couple and it's not um, a happy situation, if you will, I can't think of the word off the top of my head. Um, Amicable, yeah, amicable. Then we tend to we tend to bring somebody else in. So I would be dealing with one of the clients, and I would bring another agent in to deal with the other client. Both on the same side, but and the office, in essence, is working for in their best interest but they have that that agent to work on their behalf. Right. So it makes things a little bit easier for communication. It makes things a lot easier from our perspective. And the clients ultimately feel like they're being heard. Has there ever sense. been a
1: situation, Wendy, where you've had two realtors working on the same family? Like, because if let's say one person is like, Let's say one of the spouses doesn't trust the other spouse, you know, like, how do you deal with that? How do you deal with that? Like, is it a one agent thing, a two agent thing, or do they always have to be in the same room? I don't know.
2: We did that last year. Actually, we had a couple that was divorcing, and I dealt with one client, or one of them, and one of my team members dealt with the other. Okay. And we just, it was a very amicable situation. So we knew which client to talk to when the conversations needed to be had. We brought everyone together at the end of the day, but they felt like the clients felt like they were being heard, and yet the age, the other agent and I were the ones that were debating for the most part how to make sure that they got what they needed.
1: Yeah, because so that really that's, worked that's, out well. Because that's part of the con- the pro, the, the the concern, right? Is that sometimes one spouse believes that the other is conspiring with someone else, right? Like the other agent. Always. So independent advice, I know we talk about it quite a bit on the legal side is that getting the independent legal advice, uh, is important so that you feel that you're being represented like properly. So that's nice to hear that your firm is able to do that. Mm-hmm.
0: We do. And important. It is important, particularly in a sad situation like that where a family is, you know, separating or divorcing and, um, to be able to have each of the parties represented and they feel like they're being represented properly.
1: I'm going to hit you with one more question, Wendy. I'm going to put you on the spot. You can, you can, can I
2: defer? I was just
1: about to say, you can defer if you choose to, but I'm still going to ask it, okay? So my question is, Uh, With everything that's going on, I think one of the questions that's going through a lot of people's minds right now is should I wait six months because prices are going to drop because the demand isn't there? What do you think of that? How would you answer that? Wait for what?
2: You're not very clear in your question, Darren.
1: Like, no. Wait
0: to sell or wait to buy?
1: Tina, did I I ever tell you how much I like Wendy? I do like Wendy. (laughs)
0: calls you to the mat there Darren I like it
1: (laughs) let me rephrase my question so if people are thinking that price the the value of prices are going to drop over the next six months because there's not a lot because it it might switch to let's say a buyer's market right because no one's buying Uh, how do you feel about the prices of the houses right now do you believe that they're going to keep going up they're going to stay flat or do you believe they're going to go down What does your gut tell you?
2: So I'm going to start with saying, I'm a real estate agent and not a magician. I do not have a crystal ball. I do not have the magic eight ball. Nope. I don't know what's going to happen. I will say that from my gut is telling me that we're going to start seeing a balanced market, hopefully. Um, That doesn't mean that we're going to see a buyer's market. I just, we have had a lack of inventory growing for the last three years and right now it's it's not getting any better so in january i did a search for a vacant property or uh, no in january i did a search for properties in the Ontario real estate board uh ottawa real estate board we had 1800 properties 1846 properties on the ottawa real estate board which is Renfrew to Hawkesbury to Brockville and all of the geographical zones in between a year ago i did a search for vacant properties in the same dem- same search, and I had 1,400 vacant properties. But hmm. so you can see what the difference is in a year, and therefore it was a seller's market. Our inventory was nothing. Right. I don't see us getting into a buyer's market per se. I see us balancing out the market over time. It really ultimately depends on how our economic footprint looks in the next six months to two years with our interest rates and whatnot, how things trend progress and i don't know i'm not going to pretend to give you an answer or say anything because otherwise you're going to come back on me and uh, eight months ago i would (laughs) would never
1: do that i would never do that that's that's awesome I that was right down the middle
2: (laughs) it's a a good time to buy it's a great time to sell it really depends ultimately where you're coming from and what you're looking for
0: Mm I think, we
1: should, I think we should end it on that, Tina. I, think, I don't think I'm going to yeah. get a better closing statement from Wendy.
2: Uh, Absolutely. He doesn't want me insulting him anymore. I mean. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, that was awesome. Thank you so much, Wendy, for joining us. Um, can you tell our audience how they can get in touch with you, please?
2: You can reach us at the office at 613-215-0825 or through info at exitrealtybydesign.com.
1: And we can also find you on the DivorceNet website. So thank you so much for being Absolutely. part of the group. And, uh, and we'll uh, see you uh, around town. I'm here in Kentville too. So I'm, uh, maybe I'll, I'll wave to you as I'm driving by. You can do the social distancing thing for a little while. And uh, I look forward to being able to sit down and have a coffee with you again soon, Wendy.
0: Absolutely. Thank you, guys. Thanks, thank Wendy. You. Thanks, Tina. You've been listening to Clean Break, our weekly podcast on divorce. You can find this and other great advice from divorce professionals at divorcenet.ca, where we upload audio, video, and blog content every week. Divorcenet.ca, clear and simple divorce advice from trusted local professionals.